in the first minute of most of these, Jerry talking about his reload. And I feel like <laughs> home relocation, we could cut the first two minutes out and we would have a storyline of content. <laughs> the Jerry adventure. Definitely the, the evolution of the move. I like I it. Have, yes, I have all kinds of earth moving equipment in my backyard because I promised my wife the one thing that's missing that she loved in the old house was a deck. This house, a deck is not as appropriate as a patio. So I have made a deal with a stonemason from Italy who's got broken English and is trying to tell me what he's going to do all day long. All day long, he knocks on the door, bangs in, he says, oh, let me show you. I, they, we're going to move it is. It's going to go over here. And, you know, and I'm going, give me a break. Show me when it's done, for God's sake. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if, if, if there's noise on, then you'll you'll see that I... I, I I, I get out of this really quick. You, you'll have you got a guy there working on your deck. I get it. I got a guy there working on my patio, and he's he's got it's not a deck. It's mountains of blue stone. He's got mo earth movers that are ripping my backyard up. So it's oh great. My God. Okay, I got to ask Jill because I don't know. What, does anybody know the difference between what's a patio versus a deck? I do know because my parents have lived with a patio their whole lives and they just dream of a deck. And so for them, a patio is like a cement slab, but like what they want is like the deck with the gazebo and like all of the things. So that's I what I think that. the difference is. A okay. Wait, go back. I miss so I was patio, Yeah. Like patio, like a, almost like a cement slab or stone slab that you walk out onto yep. where like the deck is like the wood. You know, and a deck would be up all off the ground, and, yeah. and you'd be walking on, you know, some kind of composite or wood. Got yeah. it. Okay, patio, piece of concrete, whatever you walk out on. A deck has more of a structure. Nicely designed, right? Stone. Or Italian designed stonework. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh man, this is the stuff that our recruiting professional podcast audience is is dying to hear about They're dying it's a to need to know yeah. <laughs> ridiculous all right are we ready to get started we are i love asking that question here we go jill great welcome to the cxr channel our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management listen in as the cxr community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting engaging and retaining the best talent we're glad you're here All right. Good morning, good afternoon, or good night, and a happy Heidi Ho to anybody who might be dialed in today. $5 for anybody who can claim to know where Heidi Ho came from. So anybody, we're going to start by asking my partner in crime, Mr. Crispin. Mr. Crispin, do you remember a Heidi Ho? I remember, yes, I remember somebody using that term, or many people, and I have no idea where the etiology of that is. Hmm. Not, not to be confused with Mecca like a high Mecca Heidi Ho. That was your impact, your way of saying the same damn thing. I, but I think I stole that. I'm pretty sure I stole that from like, uh, was it Canadian? A some movie, probably like could be like a Belushi eyes. thing or something. You know, it's, it Very sounds likely. like some yes, some like, comedy did that. My kindred animal, Mister Mister Belushi. Uh, so okay, so for those of you who have just joined us and, and it's your first time, welcome aboard. Uh, this is the Recruiting Community Podcast. Uh, my partner in crime, Jerry Crispin, and I jump in. We do, uh, what about a 20-minute chat with practitioners and leaders, uh, folks doing the work, uh, to talk about stuff that we think 
more practitioners and people doing the work would be interested in learning about. Sometimes, sometimes we're talking decks uh, and patios. And then most of the time we're talking, actually, this is a chat GPT production. So it's, we're not even really here right now. Uh, so, so it is exciting, but it's about 20 minutes long. We do have uh, a live stream running out to um, Facebook, Twitter, uh, where else? LinkedIn, YouTube, a couple of the places you can also always find us, cxr.org slash podcast. Uh, and if you're interested in being on the show, or you're interested to ask us to get somebody on the show, let us know. Uh, if you're also watching the stream and you're on LinkedIn, drop your LinkedIn profile in there and let everybody know. Uh, anything else we should talk about before we bring in our wonderful guest today? No, I think I think we're in the midst of the beginning of the HR conference season, the, probably the first real one uh, since the pandemic. So it'll kind of be kind of interesting to see how that how that flies. I know we've got uh, HR Transform in Vegas right now. We've got mm -hmm. a couple others that are going on simultaneously uh, unleash is coming up at the end of the end of the month um and i know SourceCon is going to be around then ere so th there's going to be a lot of a lot of activity and it, it'll be um a, probably a bellwether for uh what's happening in our society and economy uh very quickly that's funny that you say that. Anybody interested, they can subscribe to the CXR Bellwether if you head out to cxr.org. Uh, I agree. We got this. Will, I think this is our first true, full, fingers crossed, post-pandemic conference season yeah. uh, that we're going back into. So it's going to be really interesting to sort of see how a lot of those fare. There's some new players. There have been some shifts in ownership. Uh, and I think a lot of folks are kind of, well, not a lot, but several of them are rethinking their, their approach to conferences. So it will be kind of interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. So let's bring in our guest first time on the show. Welcome, Jill. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. It's nice to see you. Yeah. Thanks. We, you like, we, we seem kind of fan, we're in our office room production, uh, state. We seem very fancy, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> you know, production happens everywhere these days i can tell you that so ah nice segue so jill <laughs> talk about today. jill but for those who don't know you uh why don't you give us kind of a couple minutes just a quick sort of escalator pitch of who is jill shadelman and why should we care what the heck you have to say today of course so I've spent my career dabbling in lots of different things from PR and marketing to higher education to eventually a long stint in talent acquisition and recruiting. So I was a university recruiter, an experienced hire recruiter who still loved marketing and eventually found my way into employer brand and recruitment marketing roles in-house at Deloitte. And I loved it. I thought it was the most fun work I'd done in my career in a long time and what I really found I loved and what I think a lot of us who end up in these types of roles find is that what's most satisfying is this idea of helping to tell employee stories at your company of like why they do the work they do, the cool things they do outside of their job. And that's the stuff that really lit me up and that really mattered in the work I was doing. And so I did that for a while and then wanted to sort of see what it was like to live on the agency side and to do this for more companies, not just for one. So landed at Stories Incorporated about four years ago, and I've been doing this kind of work ever since. So it's fun stuff. I love it. Well, uh, welcome. And I love to hear when somebody's, even if it took you to the dark side, I love <laughs> to hear uh, that you're chasing your heart. You're doing the work that gets you up in the morning and excited about work. That's great stuff. Yeah. Great. So, so we're not we're not here to do a product pitch or a sales job with Stories Incorporated, but I do think it's important for folks 
to understand because we're talking about some topics that that tie into the work that you do and yeah. why you like we love you because you love the work you do but what is it exactly just to give a little context around what is it exactly that stories incorporated does Sure. So we help to tell organizations culture stories through employee experiences. So we're all about really hearing authentic, meaningful, genuine experiences that employees have that connect to culture concepts for a company and help to share that. And so that helps companies with recruiting efforts, internal communications and engagement internally, even things like investor relations, like anywhere that a company wants to tell the story of who they are, but through their employees. And that's the work we do. And it's been really interesting over the last few years to see this evolve. I think it's always been something that's been important for companies, but I feel like now almost, you know, any advertisement, anything you see a company is doing, it feels like they're trying to use actual employees in that work. And so I think it's really centering on that employee experience, what it means to work there and just, just all the topics that we really care about. So what is a company doing for inclusion? What are they doing for society? What are they doing to advance their employees? So I don't know. It's, I think, a really big cultural topic in general, not just thinking about how we do this from a tactical day-to-day -day execution standpoint. I love the fact that, you know, the, the whole focus that you have is storytelling, because I think it's a, it's so underserved. I think, I think being able to tell a good story is, I think, an extraordinary advantage. And yeah. I, I'm curious, is, is there a, a set of, a body of knowledge relative to how that's done and done properly that is, is either part of marketing or part of HR or part of something. Yeah. I mean, storytelling, we hear it everywhere. And I think a lot of times what I see as storytelling is often just sort of a testimonial of, it feels like a family here. And that's awesome if someone feels that way, but what really is more meaningful is if they can actually tell a story about a time that maybe their wife was ill and their team came together to do something significant for them and then what it meant to them. And so for us, storytelling is about how is it um, relatable and true? How does it give real insight? How does it inspire action? And so as we're thinking about storytelling, we're thinking about how do we, how do we tell someone's story in a way that does all of those things versus it just feeling like a platitude or a testimonial or something that anyone could say about any company. So. Yeah, so Jill, I've done, I've done the work where, um, with, where we tried to do it in house, mm -hmm. right. And we, and we did do it in house and, and it was done quite well, but it was so much work. Yeah. Uh, identifying people who should tell that story, like who have a story to tell yeah. and then narrowing it down to people who, you know, it is, it is an interesting enough story, a compelling enough that you want to put it on video. And then, and, and this is not the popular thing to say, there are some people who aren't really meant for video storytelling or audio storytelling, right? The different channels that yeah. maybe their voice or what, you know, whatever it is about them doesn't, doesn't really complement, you know, that what you're trying to do or, or create an engagement piece and, and, or feels awkward yeah. uh, when they're trying to tell that. So I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's a lot, a lot of organizations struggle with creating authentic and compelling employer brand messaging. So, yeah. so, what would be if you had to give one or two tips or strategies for like uncovering and showcasing a unique culture and value like right? that you can deliver an authentic story with an authentic employee with that way? Are, are there any one one or two things you would say that folks should keep in mind, whether they're going outsourcing that, you know, going out of house to do it or whether they're going to try to keep it in house? Yeah, there's a few things. I mean. I do think everyone has a story that they can tell. And it's this idea of having 
a space where they feel comfortable doing that. So some vulnerability on the interviewer side to help them open up and be a little more vulnerable. And so making sure that the way you're preparing them and the way that you're setting up a conversation makes them feel really comfortable. It's not like, ah, there's seven lights staring at you and this feels like so much pressure, but like, how do we just make it about me and you, me as the interviewer, you as a storyteller, and this is a conversation that just happens to be recorded. And so I think it's really figuring out how do you create a space like that so someone can feel comfortable to open up. So that's the first piece. And then the second is this idea of just digging a little deeper. And so, you know, there's that thing of like, ask five whys, but like, keep asking, like, why is this matter? Like, why was that important? And like, try to get the emotion behind it. Or like, how did you feel in that moment? Or why did that matter for you or would matter for your team? But to really get something that feels just, I don't know, just more interesting to a viewer, because that's what people actually want to see is like, their brain and their heart want to hear a story because it you know, tug some emotion in them. And so it's like getting that emotion out of someone else, which is not easy. And there's an art to it. And um, again, it's that idea of like making someone feel comfortable so they can open up in that way. Yeah, I think it is interesting. So one of the things you said sort of resonated with me is the the unscripted feel. Because yeah. if you've ever, if anybody's ever written a script for somebody <laughs> to read on camera, and this point was made really well, we, we recently had a um, recruitment marketing and branding uh, meeting with our members, live meeting in person. Woohoo, we're back. Uh, but, but we got to sit down and talk, and a lot of them were talking about um, that element of delivering that brand and that story, and that some are really struggling with, they write these scripts based on the story they're given, or the employee writes the script. And while it does come from the heart, they then go to read it and written word is not the same at all yeah. with spoken word. So cut, you come off yeah. a little robotic there. You really do. And that's why we try to, I mean, our approach is always organic. We try to not script anything unless a client like really feels strongly about it. But I think the magic comes in those little nuggets that you just don't even expect. And a lot of times they're at the end of the interview when like you're done and the person's like, whew. And then you're like, well, is there anything else? Like anything we didn't talk about? And they're like, oh yeah, I kind of forgot. And it's like this most amazing story that they tell that you're like, well, that's the nugget. Like that's what we needed. And it would have never come out if it was scripted and we just were trying to like go off of what they thought they wanted to talk about. So I think, you know, you need to leave a lot of room for white space in this to really get the good stuff. Yeah, I think it's it's almost like, well, it's almost like the podcast. So Jer Jerry hears me say this almost every time before we turn on the mics or before we activate the feed, we're in the green room. We're just chatting. And I feel like, oh, we're wasting great content in here. There's great mm -hmm. chatter. Like before yeah. we're talking about Andrew Gadomsky and hanging out at his parents' house, doing a wine thing after he helped put on this fantastic event, you know, for employment branding umpteen years ago where we met, you know? So yeah. I feel like, oh, we missed that. That should have been in. Yeah. Yeah. So I hear that. Leave the mics on a little longer, maybe. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we just did a project that I loved and it was with a company who does at the end of the year core values awards. And so they award 10 winners around the country who really embody their core values. And they wanted to do something fun to help show this and reveal it. They were creating videos that they could share at a, a town hall that was virtual. And so we did these, what we are calling facilitated conversations where we had the manager of the person who was winning and the award winner, who didn't know they were a winner yet, um, sit down and have a conversation with each other. So they had cards and they were asking each other questions like, why do you like being my manager? Or what's the coolest thing you've done here? And just sort of getting some banter. And then midway through, the manager reveals that you're the winner of this value award. 
And so you get this like real time reaction. Some was tears, some was laughter and disbelief. And you just get this like really meaningful conversation happening where then the manager can turn around and say like, here's all the amazing things you do for this company and like why you won this. And like capturing that on film was incredible. And so I think there's so many opportunities to do that kind of stuff. It is. Uh, and and when, while you were talking about that, what, what occurred to me is that's exactly what Walmart does at their stock meeting, mm. their, stock, their, their annual meeting for cool. stocks. They bring in a person from every store in the world and in front of them at various points when they're going through the numbers and all the other stuff, um, they, they bring on stage people who embodied uh, their particular core values, and they uh, and they celebrate them uh, with yeah. a story about that, and the place okay. goes absolutely yeah. nuts. Yep, and, and that's exactly what they're doing. Fascinating to me. Yeah, I love that they're doing that in real time, and I just think it helps others connect to the the story, and it helps them understand like why it's so meaningful, and maybe inspires other people to want to live that too and live those values. So, you know, there's so much cool work that can be done here. So, well, let me ask you, Jill, if, if, from a um, technology and innovation standpoint, we're seeing a lot of stuff. We make the jokes all day long because now it's just fun. But this chat GPT yeah. and BARD and the, this new um, sort of language proficient engine uh, that is that is creating content for us or lumping content together. Mm -hmm. I mean, what I, we have a take on how we think this can be used uh, for uh, certainly for employment marketing and branding. Yeah. Do you have a take on sort of, you know, how folks should be considering this new technology when crafting any type of message or um, like cultural messaging at their organization? Yeah. I don't know if I have a point of view quite yet. Um, there's still some research I want to do. I mean, I think obviously for written content, it feels pretty natural. Like there's a way to help it do some written content that you can then review and finesse a little. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know how it helps in the more, we've been talking about like authentic, genuine, like real emotional content. Like, I don't know. I mean, I've seen some of the stuff where they go pretty deep and they get pretty emotional in the, you know, in the AI stuff, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not there yet. So, okay. Well, yeah, I, I've, I've, I appreciate that. I appreciate you saying, I just, I'm not, I'm not ready to make a statement on it yet, but so now, so now I got to put you in a little bit of a corner and say, well, then what, what do you see changing in, in this space over the next five years, whether it's technology or story style or whatever, like how, how do you yeah. see this type of work developing in the next five years? Yeah. I mean, I think what we saw in maybe the previous five years was like the rise of employee generated content and wanting to find ways for employees to tell their stories and tell it sort of like on their own which um, is great. And I think it works in some cases, but in some, it doesn't always mm -hmm. like an employee. I think when they have to turn on their phone and answer some prompt, you know, they're worried about what do I look like? And is the lighting okay? And what do I really say? And so it comes off really nervous. And so I think there's this like evolution of like, how do we get that good employee generated content stuff, but it maybe in a little bit more of a facilitated production -y way. And so, you know, obviously the work of agencies of like going to a company, office and doing one day of a bunch of interviews and a ton of B-roll, like that's still going to happen and it still needs to happen. But what we're finding is like, we can do interviews around the world virtually and have it still look and sound good. And I think there's going to be a lot more technology in that way of how do we do these conversations? How does it look good? How do we help do this around the world and anywhere? It could be someone in Singapore, it could be someone in Buenos Aires and someone in Israel. And we're 
doing that in two days, combining that content together. So it's a really rich story for a company. And it tells a global story, which I think we miss out on a lot right now. And it's like, we just do one day of interviews in a corporate headquarters, and that's the content we get. Um, I think there's an opportunity to expand the reach of who's telling stories in organizations through technology. And um, we've been doing it since 2020 when the pandemic hit and we had to um, talk to people virtually, but I think there's tons more opportunity for that. Yeah. I, I really do think that we're going to see a lot more of the personalization, if you will, of us as human beings, yeah. as opposed to simply what we do at work, but how it yep. connects perhaps to the, totally. to the rest of our life, that, that kind of holistic yeah. feel. And, and people are becoming more con uh, comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. And I, I think a younger generation is growing up <clears throat> really comfortable looking at their phone with no one there and talking to it in an asynchronous way to a bunch of friends that suddenly get that and then and then send something back. Yeah. I find that amazing that they're able to do that and most of us who grew up without that those kinds of tools uh, if the whole thing still feels a little bit awkward. Yeah, definitely. I, I do think that's a great point about this idea of getting to know people outside of who they are at work and you know, we've seen that so much over the last few years, and we've done some work where we actually go in and film people in their homes and get the real look at like who they are as a person, you know, taking great photos of them and their kids jumping on the trampoline in their backyard. And, you know, just all these things that like help tell a better story about not only a person, but how are they, um, how are connections fostered at work? And how do they still have a connection to a company, even if they do work at home and they do work hybrid, like just all these stories that we need to tell where, you know, companies have said like, okay, this is our plan. And maybe it's some return to work, some hybrid, some remote, whatever it is. But now you have to actually tell the stories around that. Like, how do people really feel connected still when they're not in an office or the work they're doing is at home or, and they're trying to balance their life or what do they do outside of life? So there's lots of that that still needs to be told. And look at plenty of company websites and career sites and I don't know maybe there's a couple like little icons of like what work looks like now but there's not enough of like the story of what work like work looks like now and I do think that it it's going to enhance our ability as you pointed out the global issue yeah uh, be better understanding people who are living in different cultures and even within the United States obviously a lot of the uh, the division that exists within the United States could probably be ameliorated a little bit if we understand a little bit more about the points of view of different folks. So I yeah. think it's great. I, I have such admiration for people because it is an art. I have such admiration for people who can connect those dots without it feeling like, to your point, there's there's 15 spotlights in a in a small room in an office and someone's reading, you know, from a prompt. Yeah. Right. I just and for for those stories that are done so well to to repel. Uh, candidates' interest and to yeah. attract candidates' interest as most appropriate for the organization. I just think it is such a fine art and just, I don't think enough people, uh, I don't think enough organizations have an exceptional delivery of that. Yeah. And having said that, uh, I, I don't know how organizations could do it any better. So I'm, I'm glad there are people out there that this is what they do all day long, trying yeah. to figure out how to make those connections. But you keep saying that and I keep thinking, Jill, I don't have a really great example of four or five companies off the top of my head that when I watch an employment video uh, or a culture video, I go, oh, my gosh, wow. Like, yeah. is, is is there one that you would one that you would just call out? Maybe it's not the pinnacle, but is there one yeah. that you call out that pe people should really take notice of? 
Yeah, I think there's a couple of companies doing interesting things with employees and storytelling. But I also think to your point, Chris, about repelling or attracting candidates, like every piece of content is going to impact someone differently. And I think it depends where they are in the candidate journey, what they're interested in, what their background is, what their interests are, and if they connect to that piece of content. So that idea of like personalized, it's personalized in the fact that there's only certain people who are going to be attracted to that piece of content because it matters to them. Um, But a couple companies that I think are trying to do new things and think of how to tell stories um, globally and in different ways, Dell Technologies is someone we've worked with for a long time. And I think they are really focused on this idea of how do we really tell meaningful things about our employees and doing it around the world? It's not just about what happens in Austin. It's what happens all over the world. And um, we've been lucky to be a part of a lot of that. And um, I think they're really invested in it. And it, I don't know, it shows, I think, in the engagement they get in the work that they're doing. So, Yeah, I would agree. I think the leadership team there, I think you do some work with Train also. Did I yes. imagine that? Okay. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, so Dell and Train, both both members of ours, both have just yeah. incredible TA leadership. And I, I yeah. love that they're leaning in on that content. Yeah, we just actually did um, a project with Train last year. Um 2021, 2022. And it was actually um, internal focused on mental health and mental well-being. So coming out of the pandemic and in the pandemic, just noticing like, wow, we really need to help people just, you know, figure out how do we work through mental health challenges. And we did a whole anti-stigma campaign where we interviewed people again around the world who told their mental health journey and their stories. And some of these things, some of the stories are incredibly vulnerable. And the fact that Train was so willing to put this out there and to have these conversations was really, really remarkable. So yeah, they're doing great work. And it was done internal. Was it, were, were these showcased externally or only showcased um, externally? One was like a compilation was showcased externally, but the rest were used internally to really um, help just sort of this anti-stigma of it's okay to talk about mental health here and their support for you. Oh, I love that. I haven't, haven't seen that yet. I'll have to go look it up. Yeah. So Jill, I'm going to ask you a question. We ask everybody before we wrap up the show. Uh, If you were going to write a book today on the, on the topic of, of, of your passion, right. On the topic of storytelling, uh, what would the title of that book be? Oh, wow. Um, That's a tough one. I go back to the line, like everyone has a story because I think it's true. Um, It feels a little lame, but I'm going to have to stay there. I think. So, okay. Yeah. I, I love it. And, and, uh, who gets the first signed copy? You can't, you can't, can't cop out and give it to Jerry or I. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could give it to my grandma, um, who's not oh. here with us anymore, but I've been digging into her story and doing some historical family research. And she was an amazing woman who was, you know, before her time racing cars with men and a nurse in world war II and the beaches of Normandy and all this cool stuff. So she has a story. So I would give it to her. Oh my God. Wait, I want some clarity, please, on grandma. So she's racing. Is she racing in the car or against men? In the car, like in the car against, you know, she's in a race car. She's a driver. Yeah, she's a driver. Is this in like the 1920s in the Upper Peninsula in Michigan? And she played hockey and like all this cool stuff that no other women, no other woman was doing. So that's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Very, very, very cool. All right. Well, Jill, uh, hang out in the green room for just a second. Don't go anywhere. I'll put you back in there. Much, much gratitude. Thanks for giving us some time today and and sharing your expertise. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Really quickly hang out there. Uh, Jerry and I are just going to remind some folks and Jerry, let me know what else we need to remind about. I'm thinking cxr.org slash events. Uh, So if you're looking for upcoming activity, uh, meetings uh, in person or virtual, 
uh, we're doing that. You can check that out at slash events, cxr.org slash events. Uh, something that I will call out, uh, we do have members only meetings on there, but we also have uh, meetings that are open to the public. Uh, one of those uh, that's even a little more casual than some of our standard meetings would be the book club. Uh, so our own Barb Reese runs that piece uh, and we've got a series of books reading and they're putting that list together. It is open to anybody in the TA space, so you don't have to be a CXR uh, member. Uh, but it is it is awfully nice to see our members join in on that. But they meet every couple of weeks to talk through various books. Jerry, what's one other thing we should talk to folks about before we let them go? Well, the uh, the scholarship we do, I think, is already in progress. So there's nothing anybody can add to that. Well, we give a scholarship out each year of ten thousand mm -hmm. uh, dollars, and it's it's someone who's studying either HR or talent acquisition, but we tend to lean towards those folks who are a little more radical in terms of what they might be doing once they get there. So that's, that's like adding Trojan horses to the, to the, <laughs> um, I would have put it that way, but I, I love that. That's the way I look at it. That's, that's why I, I, I have a big smile on my face when they're, they're doing it. Um, but, you know, we, we probably should mention again, uh, we're interviewing a number of people for Community Up, which is mm -hmm. a willingness to offer to people in transition who are talent acquisition leaders uh, an interview with you or I or Barb. And uh, if you get past us, uh, it's basically free membership uh, while they're in transition up to about, was it 60, 90 days? Uh, we're doing it 60 days into their new employment. So if they've been displaced uh, and they're a TA professional and an alumni or a member will refer them, uh, they, they can if they get through the gauntlet uh, to bring them in, because we do have some standards for membership, uh, we welcome them in and they get that free full membership uh, all the way into 60 days of their new employment. We are excited about that. That's a new one. Yeah. And it's uh, cxr.org slash up. Yep. Yeah, because I don't like math. We keep it super, super easy. All right. With that, we're going to say thank you to everybody. And Heidi Ho, just get, it's The Simpsons. Heidi Ho, neighbor. Simpsons. It's Ned Flanders on The Simpsons. That's where it was. Told you it would come to me. Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.